Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome everyone to the show that comes after Slightly Civil War. This week we're talking about video game piracy. Make sure uh, if you if you didn't watch the the episode that comes uh, before this conversation, go watch that because uh, I, I thought we had some pretty good bits. Yeah, it was a good one. I think so. But yeah, we're talking about video game piracy, whether or not it's okay sometimes, all the time, never the time. I feel like the comments on this video are going to be pretty heavily skewed in one way. <laughs> yes. Because that's uh, the anonymous freeloading internet audience for you. Ah, they like their free things. Yeah. (laughs) Well, let me make my actual opinion clear. Okay. For me, piracy is a grey area. There is a line that I am prepared to cross. Ooh. If I personally have at some point in the past paid for a copy of the game I want to pirate... Even if I don't currently have that disc, I think it's perfectly okay to download a pirated version because that's just enjoying the product I've paid for in a manner I choose. Uh... Or, alternatively, if I have made every reasonable effort to pay for the game in a way that reimburses the original creators and found that every effort was thwarted, then it is also okay to pirate. <laughs> this is the abandonware clause. <laughs> I think that that is definitely... Uh, a better clause may you know like because because of course the the first one is where it gets a little wibbly wobbly and i think i'm going to be the villain of this podcast as i do think there is a gray area but i also think piracy is in general a very bad thing okay well go on <laughs> and so like most people's argument the, the first thing you brought up is is if you have at any point paid for that game uh, you should be able to play it wherever and however you want. That sure, you've you've done your capitalistic duty. Well, that to me loses a lot of weight. Then couldn't you say the same thing of like, oh, I I purchased a, a VHS of uh, of of a Speed twenty years ago, and now I see it available uh, for free on the Pirate Bay. I should be able to download, uh, you know, th- this HD version of Speed, even though it's kind of different, right? Hmm. Well, that is an even grayer part of the gray area, because that is an improved version, isn't it? Right. But that's I feel like that can apply to what you're saying. Like if if you if you bought a PlayStation one game and uh, you don't feel like, you know, buying a copy on eBay or dusting off the old PlayStation one or PlayStation two, you can play it on your computer at arguably that's arguably easier to play, better to look at, more convenient for you. I think the point is that with most emulators, with most PS1 emulators on PCs with CD-ROM drives, if I had the original disc, the emulator would run it. Sure. Which would not be the case with like a HD version of Speed mm-hmm. versus the VHS. Uh, I, I, th- I think that's more compatible. That's more compatible than people are willing to admit. Uh, you know, a, a similar thing can be said about like NES games, Super Nintendo games, most of which are available on modern hardware now. 
Yeah, but the point is, you've already paid for it. You've done your part to fund the creation of the work. Why shouldn't you be allowed to continue enjoying it? You've already paid for it in one format. Yeah. That doesn't, that, that doesn't cross over to the next format. Uh, you know, again, because obviously piracy is not just in video games, it's in all medium. If, if, I, if I go to see a movie in a movie theater, I have paid for my ticket. Does that mean I get to pirate copies for home viewing? But in the case of video games, a lot of these games could be brought forward to newer machines. Mm -hmm. The developers just don't. Most PC games can still be run with a little bit of jiggery-pokery in some cases. <laughs> yes. Most consoles in the past have had backwards compatibility, and the upcoming PS5 will have backwards compatibility. In a lot of cases, if a console didn't have backwards compatibility, it just chose not to. Right, so it right. it could have run the uh, games that we'd already bought, but the developers deliberately wanted to gouge us for the money again. <laughs> oh, and... Like, I, I, I agree with that. And, and over the years, like I said, I, I used to be a lot more hardline than I am. But over the years, I have softened to a slight gray. To, to me, as soon as there is a, a new medium available, for example, PlayStation 1 to PlayStation 2. Obviously, PlayStation 2 was backwards compatible. PlayStation 3 was not. It was initially. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was kind of dodgy, though. So they sort of <laughs> patched it out in a firmware update. Oh, sure. Something not a lot of people talk about. Very interesting. I, I honestly did not know. I never had a PS3, so. I have memories of playing PS2 games on early PS3s, and Sony have denied it ever was the case. They've erased in history. <laughs> but I, I, I suppose there there is a medium change. I, I think we can go to, like, you know, for example, uh, Super Mario Brothers on the original NES. Mm-hmm. Then you get a Super Nintendo, obviously not backwards compatible. They did come out with a you know Super Mario collection later on. Super Mario All-Stars. But just because you were unable to play it on the new system does not justify, you know, stealing a ROM. Well, in that case, um, the SNES version had like improved graphics and general mm. running and stuff. Oh, sure, sure. I guess like to to me, there are legitimate arguments for piracy and a, a lot of them i did bring up uh you know and one of the greatest one is of course games preservation we have so yes, many yes. so many games that would have been lost to time but thanks to pirates they are not and th that's that's just un undeniable do you ever watch uh, ross scott's videos online ross oh yeah he does uh what uh, he has gaming dungeon right or yeah game dungeon and he did freeman's mind as well but this is something, a big hot-button issue for him, mm -hmm. and I agree, that you um, you should always be able to run games. A game exists as part of something bigger than uh, itself. It's part of culture. <laughs> yes. His, partic his particular annoyance is games that have an online component, where at some point they turn the servers off and the game just flat out doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And then like people try to like create hacks and pirated versions that uh, that still work, and publishers do their damnedest to put a stop to it even though they're doing nothing to preserve the game right and that's where that gray area gets a little bit wider i feel yeah like the the other part of it and you know we I mean, that's where the gray area becomes a black area the black <laughs> hearts of those evil greedy capitalists <laughs> uh, you know that's though to put it into perspective both you and i are also creators that's true 
and I certainly have a dog in the fight of creators <laughs> being paid for their work. Absolutely. And not only being paid for your work, but also perhaps choosing not to re-release your work. Yeah. See, this is another tricky area. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because this is death of the author territory. Mm. If you allowed authors to destroy stuff they didn't like anymore, I think a very large percentage of all culture would immediately vanish. That's true. I think, I forget where I heard this argument brought up, but um, if, if Leonardo da Vinci came back to life and said, I hate the Mona Lisa now, I think it, if it and all mm. copies of it must be burned, would we let him? Uh, I, I, I suppose you would have to at least let him burn the original, right? But It's his. But it, I would argue that it, the Mona Lisa has become part of something much bigger than him. Mm. It's part of culture. It's, a, it's a, a foothold in the never-ending ladder of humanity's development. Sure. Well, but, and because it is part of culture, we, we all have it. Like, let's even say, let's go to an extreme here, right? Okay. And this is not something I believe. But let's say, yes, we allow him to not only delete or, you know, burn his original painting, but we delete the Mona Lisa off of the internet. Off of, every picture of the Mona Lisa is gone, right? We give him that power because obviously we have the magic to bring him back to life. So we have the magic to delete the picture, right? Why not? Yeah. So let's say that happens. My, and this is a bit of a BS argument, but I'm, I'm going to work through it just because, you know, it's a podcast. We're talking about stuff. Sure. Is the Mona, the concept of the Mona Lisa would still exist within the collective, even without the picture. The the idea of that piece of art, the 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 stories about the piece of art, we ha we could have other people recreate their versions of that piece of art, right? Yeah. And so just deleting the art doesn't necessarily delete the cultural impact of it. Right. That doesn't really apply to video games, though, does it? Because <laughs> if you delete a video game and can't buy it anywhere, then people can't just recreate it for memory. <laughs> that, and that's true. That's true. Uh, and and I do think that art preservation is an important, you know, like I said, that was that was me just being a contrarian bullshit artist. Because it's not just it's not just important; it's it's inevitable. If you go on YouTube, search for literally any half remembered TV show from the past, and someone's <laughs> preserved it mm -hmm. because someone somewhere will remember the thing you created and go, "Oh, I have nostalgia for that. I'm going to look at that and bask in self pity." As sure. my aging form. I don't think there is a single work of art. There isn't at least one person that would do that, say, 20 years That's down the line. That's probably true. So art preservation is more than just good and positive. It is an inevitability. And I think that's true. And I, I suppose, like, just speaking to your question of, like, whether or not, like, our hypothetical The Mona Lisa's deleted conversation could happen to games, is I still think we see that in some cases where you have one person who remembers a game they played as a kid a game developer remembers a game that might not you know he, he remembered playing willow the nes game which is you know i'm sure i didn't even know there was there, one. there is i'm i'm just i'm looking at the box right now which is why i bring it up did you know one of lucasarts first adventure games was a adaptation of the film labyrinth really yeah, no one remembers that either. Ooh, but but see, like, could you imagine, like, if if you as a game developer played that when you were younger and it had a, a big impact on you and and your perception of it changes throughout the years and no one else really remembers it and then you apply what you remember to a game that you're currently working on, it's that same sort of, like, 
remix reimagine culture where where you're taking just the bits you remember and plugging them into new art so i i think it does apply slightly though in general i believe in art preservation right because uh if art goes away then it'll only be like that last generation before it went away that will remember the art right so there might be a few generations down the line that has never seen the art at all so its impact is lost Unless they get like a second-hand impact from works inspired by that impact. Oh, but that's that's just art in general, right? No one, you know, n- no one young now knows, you know, where rock and roll started anymore. They just know what they're currently it listening. It started with black people. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to whisper it. It's okay to say that very loud and proudly. Yes, it started with black people, and white people stole it. White people stole rock and roll from black people. One hundred percent. Chuck Berry. Would you say Chuck Berry was the progenitor of rock and roll? Ooh. Uh, I mean, who came first, Chuck Berry or uh, or Little Richard? I want to say Chuck Berry. They were contemporaries, though, correct? I have no idea. I, I'm not that old. I'm an old fuck, but I'm not that old. I just remember Back to the Future one. Oh, right. Where, when it, yeah, where essentially rewrite history to indicate that white people gave the idea of rock and roll to black people before <laughs> it was stolen by white people. Right. Right. Now, let's just leave aside the fact that, you know, uh, Marty's mom almost got raped. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, whatever. Well, we weren't, yeah, that's we weren't easy. supposed to sympathize with the rapist is the point. Right. Right, right. But, but, but uh, off topic, off topic. Shit, shit, shit. The, the point is, is no matter what, even if the original art is destroyed, the memory hopefully will live on or else that's just natural selection in the art world. I guess. But um, why? Not to be a, a complete cynical downer. But if you can preserve it in both memory and real life, why wouldn't you? Exactly. I, I, I agree with that. There, there's I agree with that 100 percent. All right, then. So, <laughs> sure was a good argument you're almost having there. Well, you know, that's the thing, you know, I, I that one was an easy one for me. The the harder one for me um, is the is the idea about modding a game because it's been pirated. Yeah. As I say, that's more of a hacking than a pirating issue. Well, but I, I feel like the game needs to be pirated in order to hack it, right? And that's True. that's just me not knowing anything. Yeah, you probably need to, like, crack the DRM or whatever. Right. But it's true that, like, corporations insist on including stuff like DRM because people pirate the game too much. Mm-hmm. And if you look at this, playing Devil's Advocate for a while, if you look at the statistics of how many people pirate PC games, it can be quite alarming, especially for a creator like myself and yourself who would quite like to make some money oh, yeah. from the things we create mm-hmm. and when you look at how much money you could be making you might understand why uh people get a bit shirty about it right well and and there is there is a a flip side to that which is let, let's assume that there was no possible way to steal these games right like they've got a special device that injects atropine into your heart and kills you in seconds if you try absolutely something something terrible it's just impossible to steal these games how many people who pirated the games would go on to buy it well that's an interesting question isn't it was it not gabe newell who once said that a pirate is just a dissatisfied customer Mm. i think 
history has shown us that the measure against piracy that is the most likely to work is to make your game easily available and reasonably priced. Because mm-hmm. that's that's the rule, like uh, the music, the music industry learned when it was trying to clamp down on stuff like Napster and Audio Galaxy, because at the, because at the time you could only buy music on CD and albums for like sixty dollars each. Right. But right. then they like embraced it. iTunes came along. People let people just download the song they wanted for a dollar, and online music sharing just plummeted. Yes. The music industry bounced back and roared back. <laughs> And very similarly with Steam. The the entire concept of Steam was just making it easier for people to get PC games. Yeah. Right. Oh, right, right. And and I think that's like that's important. I do think there would be a general drop off if piracy was absolutely impossible. Um but also that's the big point. The 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 big, big point against piracy, even though it preserves games and even though you can mod it to make uh, you know, Breath of the Wild, you play as Zelda and that makes your daughter very happy and that's a heartwarming story. Is well, no matter- that's, the, that's the heartwarming side of that issue, isn't it? But then you have the other side of the issue where everyone just wants to play Link with no clothes on and lets his <laughs> giant five-foot purple knob dangle in the breeze as he runs. <laughs> no, 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 let's, no, let's not focus on that. Let's focus on the heartwarming story. Okay, fine. Is the dad's daughter, right, wanted to play as Zelda? I feel like, you know, you could sort of strain a heartwarming story out of any aspect of this. That's true. Say, oh, because that corporation made 15 more bucks for me buying a game, I've, the CEO was able to buy insulin for his dying mm. child. Right, or because the game sold so well, they, they spread the bonuses throughout the entire workforce, including the janitorial staff. Ah, yes, what a yes, model company. That is definitely something they do. I'm sure they do that all the time. But, okay, so, but here's the thing. So there's all these heartwarming stories. There's all this, like, possible good news coming from piracy. But at the end of the day, I am going to say a large majority of pirates just couldn't be bothered. They just want to steal stuff. They just don't want to pay for it. That's what I truly believe. So you you don't have much truck with the argument of, Oh, I couldn't afford it, and I was, and uh, they wouldn't have seen any of my money anyway, so I might as well pirate it. You know, I think I think you can you can make that argument when it comes to someone being hungry and stealing bread, but you cannot make that argument when it comes to a leisure activity. True, but uh, in the modern first world, where problems of hunger and shelter and basic essentials have largely been removed for a lot of the mm-hmm. population luxuries become the only thing one can barter with precisely and i think i still think that there is if if the if your problem is you can't afford it there's no way that you can condone stealing something just because you can't afford it oh people rationalize a lot these days well people are also awful people are capable of quite some leaps when rationalizing <laughs> well yeah I want it, therefore it's okay to steal it. <laughs> right? I I want it, and I don't have it. What if they miss out? What if they miss out? I have such fear of missing out. Oh, oh, no! The FOMO has turned against the corporations. There you go. <laughs> They're hoisted by their own FOMO. Yes, they've only got, they've only got themselves to blame. If they, mm. if they didn't advertise the game so much, maybe people wouldn't like have the FOMO. That's true. Yeah, it's, it's the corporation's fault, as always. 
as all oh yeah the corporations lean on that like oh you're gonna be the only one not playing this game your friends are gonna think you're losers oh there you go it's their fault eat the rich in uh, end of argument i mean yeah um, of course everyone's for eating the rich come on the no but but so yeah to to me i i feel like you know you and i have this conversation i know i used to have this conversation with rich evans a lot as you know he is a an advocacy for piracy uh an advocacy for piracy uh, <laughs> well he you know he he's very along your lines where you know like oh if i bought it at one point there's no problem with me pirating it yeah i feel like you're setting up rules for yourself that conveniently skirt around the fact that you're just stealing something that's what we call chaotic neutral uh wouldn't that wouldn't that be lawful evil uh... you're evil but you're abiding by rules well, it's self-imposed rule, isn't it? Sure, but that's still awful. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of interpretation <laughs> goes into these things. Okay. My interpretation... Hey, anyone, who, anyone who has a better better luck with uh, D&D uh, alignment charts, tell us, tell us what this is. If you make up rules in order for what you can steal, where are you on the alignment chart? Well, look, the classic example of like the chaotic good is Robin Hood, right? That, he had rules. Rob from the rich, give to the poor. That's a rule. I think lawful just means a rule applied by an authority. Hmm. I, I, and I, I suppose I don't know enough about the alignment charts. But Look, I, it's simple. Chaos means you impose your own rules. Lawful means you abide by the rules of society. Good means you act selflessly. And evil means you act selfishly to improve yourself rather than the world around you. That's mm. all you need to know about the D&D alignment chart. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. That's just that's. Just, I've never had to deal with the alignment chart. Tell me I'm wrong, Chad. I I I cannot. I know I know not whether you are right or wrong. Well, the comments can tell me. There you wrong. go. Ka- In between telling me how right I am about piracy and how wrong you are. <laughs> that that's going to be a lot of this episode. Is is a. Uh, I, I don't know if you can actually comment on the podcast, but uh, you can on some. You can on SoundCloud at least. Mm. Well, that's going to be a lot of them. You can even time your comment, so your comment comes up at a precise moment. Oh, you know, I like that. That's neat. So I could just say something like, um, dental plan. And then at this point <laughs> in the comments, a lot of people will add the phrase, Lisa needs braces. Oh, wet, wet masterfully played. People who comment don't realize how easy they are to manipulate. <laughs> um, well... I didn't really have much more to say about piracy. I think we've had some very interesting discussion about it, though. We have. I, I suppose, you know, something something that I would, you know, like to circle back to just to kind of end the conversation is, you know, the fact that, you know, you as a creator, you you uh, you write and publish books. Certainly do. <laughs> and that's in part fact, of I've the- got for one of my latest will destroy the galaxy for cash will be coming out in. Print and ebook editions this November, everyone. Ah, uh, uh, a lovely continuation uh, in the tales of of uh, Jacques McKeown. That's the one. Audiobook's already out, but you know that's not to everyone's taste, apparently. If if you feel like not listening to Yahtzee for a couple hours and reading with your eyeballs instead of your ears, you can buy the print version. <laughs> What is this, the Stone Age? <laughs> Reading with your eyeballs. 
Well, and so like, I guess that's, that's what I want to kind of leave on is we are, you and I are in a unique position where we are both creators and consumers. Hmm. And so we feel the effects of both sides where we want stuff easier, more conveniently cheaper, but we also earn a living off of the things we create. I think it's a personification thing. People find it easier to steal from corporations because there's no face to them. Mm-hmm. But uh, we know ourselves. We are people. We like having money to spend on personal things and to survive. Uh-huh. So uh, I'm not sure where I'm getting at. I'm just saying, <laughs> that, uh, please don't pirate my books. I would like your money, please. <laughs> well, and maybe maybe that is part of the problem. And, and that's part of the good that, you know... Uh, all of these lovely video game documentaries are doing for us uh, is, you know, showing us the actual human side of the people who make video games. I think that's important. It is. It, it's important. I think that's, I think that's actually what Gamey mission was from the start, was to show us the faces behind development, the faces that you're taking bread from the mouths of, you pirate bastards. <laughs> Well, and it's it is important. Like, sure, there there's probably a greedy CEO because they all are. But yeah, there's yeah. also people at the bottom who this is their job and they're very passionate yeah. about it. And they, while the CEO is getting their golden parachutes, they benefit from the company making money. Unless the company lays off the entire dev team as soon as the game's done, as a lot of them do. Mm-hmm. In which case, pirate away. Who cares? <laughs> I guess that's at the end of the day, we're just saying be picky about your piracy. Yeah, we're saying like many issues that we discuss in this series, this is a gray nuanced issue Mm -hmm. and it's probably best assessed on a case by case basis. Ooh, that's that is a great way to end it. I feel like you could end quite a lot of arguments with that. (laughs) Is it depends. Yes, it depends. (laughs) Is procedural better than scripting? Better assessed on a case by case basis. (laughs) Is Doom 2016 better than Doom Eternal? Better assessed on a case-by-case basis, mm-hmm. I guess. I, well, and you know, unfortunately, that's not what the people of the internet want. They want they want a yes or a no all the time, 100% or 0%. Well, isn't that the very problem that's infecting politics? <gasps> all, all people want is easy answers. That's People right. who promise easy solutions mm. and don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> hey... Done. We just solved all the world problems. Uh, you know, be be a little more open. Hey, it's been a while since we brought this around to politics. <laughs> uh, that's so. That's a great place to end this podcast, the show that comes after Slightly Civil War. Remember that if you uh, didn't watch the episode, the episode's over at escapistmagazine.com Slightly Civil War, where we have a more uh, hyperbolic. Uh, discussion where we have to where yahtzee and i have to choose one side and defend that side yes and you can watch it on youtube a week later or at the same time if you've got a youtube membership it's getting pretty complicated now it's getting a slightly complicated or if you are an escapist plus member you can watch it without ads on the website and you have the opportunity to ask yahtzee and i questions for our monthly ask the creators questions video I've recorded my segment for the next one. Have you? I, wait, the next one? Is is there only one? Oh, well, there's only one so far. But oh, I've yes. Done, yeah, I've done my bit for that one. I'm doing my part. Yay. <laughs> okay, well, that's all the shilling we got. Okay. So, I've been Jack. I've been Yahtzee. Thanks for listening. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>
Don't shut up the comments. 